the plows had been running all night in the neighborhood. It didn't really matter. The snow just covered over it right after. And uh, you just got that feeling when you woke up that anything you had planned that day was going to be canceled. Except for me, because uh, I had a date. And this wasn't just any date. Um, a good friend had set this up as a blind date. Uh, he thought this was a girl that would be a really good fit for me, and so I was pretty excited about it, and I wasn't going to let some snow mess up my plans. So I went out to the car in the morning, dug it out, went out a couple hours later, dug it out again. Uh, the third time I went out, I decided, you know what, maybe the, let's just go into the city a little early. The roads might be a little rough, so I might as well uh, give myself plenty of time before uh, you know, our afternoon date started. And so, uh, yeah, so I um, left a couple hours early. We were meeting at a coffee house. That was a short walk uh, from where she lived on the hill. And um, as I pulled my Toyota Camry out of my uh, spot on the street, I lunged over the snow barrier on the fourth try. I made it. And then I thought, all right, if I can just get to my office garage and park there, I can walk the rest of the way to the coffee house and I'll be fine. So I get on 395 and there are some other snow plows and other massive salt trucks going down the highway and then this little Toyota Camry. And, and uh, you know, at the time, I'm not really thinking about how crazy this is. I'm more just thinking, I'm really looking forward to meeting this girl. And I, a couple blocks away from the office, I got stuck in the drift of snow. Car kind of fishtailed in, and so I had to rock it back and forth until I got enough momentum to get back out onto the road and make it to the office. And then uh, from there, it was actually pretty easy. Walk in the middle of the street. There weren't any other cars there. No one else was as crazy as I was on a day like that. So I get to the coffee house, uh, find a nice place to sit down, look at my watch. I'm an hour early. Good. Um, so I sit and I wait, and uh, she finally made it there too. A couple hours of conversation over hot drinks, it was really good. Walked her home, said goodnight, and uh, trekked back home to Northern Virginia uh, without an issue. So why did I leave the comfort of my warm home to trek through the ice and snow to keep a date with a girl I had never met before? Desperation? Possibly. No, but I actually felt that there was something about this date um, that was bigger than I'd ever been on uh, before. And that feeling that this was bigger gave me courage to make it through that snowstorm um, to meet this girl on that date. And so on that note, I'd like to look at our passage tonight in Romans 16. And if you're wondering, yes, that girl is Jenny. She's sitting right back there. My wife of six years and the mom to our two crazy kids. So Romans 16, verses 1 and 2 is our passage tonight. It reads, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church of St. that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Let's pray one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a good God. You are worthy of our praise. And to be used by you is 
a privilege and an honor. We pray that the actions of Phoebe um, and the testimony that we have of her here in the book of Romans would affect our our hearts and our minds so that we might uh, seek to emulate her courage. In your name we pray. Amen. So the book of Romans ends with Paul sharing some personal greetings. Customary in Paul's letters, he would start or finish his books by, finish his letters, I should say, by extending some greetings to those who partner in gospel work with him. So in uh, the next 16 verses of Romans 16, Paul singles out 25 individuals that he would like to greet uh, in addition to a few families. However, one individual stands out, and and that's who he starts with. Paul starts his extended greeting by commending our sister Phoebe. He commends her as a servant of the church of Sencrie. Now, some scholars and theologians stop here and debate whether Paul is saying she was formerly a deaconess, because the word that they use for servant is diakonos, and they go back and forth and say, okay, if she was a deaconess of this church, we can have female deaconesses at our church, and what does that mean about their leadership roles, and, and all those types of things. And that's a great discussion to have, but we already have female deaconesses at our church, so I'm not really going to get into that. <laughs> if you want to talk to one of our elders about why we have that, that's great. Uh, go ahead. Um, what I want to focus on tonight is um, a different part of that. Uh, so Paul uses the word diakonos, as I mentioned, for servant, from time to time throughout his letters. But he only dis- uses it to dis- describe a single person a few Uh, distinct times. He uses it several times in reference to himself. Paul is servant of the gospel. He starts off with quite a few letters that way. In addition to that, he uses it in reference to Apollos, Christ, Tychicus, Epaphras, and Phoebe. That's a pretty uh, strong list of people. Um, And for someone that we've only seen in these two verses, uh, that's her only appearance in the Bible, I would wager that Paul uses this to describe someone that he has high regard for, someone who is, um, he really considers a partner uh, in his gospel ministry and in the service to the church. So why is Phoebe on that list? Why does he use the word diakonos to refer to her? Well, I think we can learn a little bit more about her character in the next verse. So verse 1, we already read, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at St. Crie. In verse 2, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. So Paul is writing to the Romans, and he asks them to welcome Phoebe, who is a servant at the church at Sencrie. So, quick geography lesson. Sencrie is a port city next to Corinth in Greece. Rome is about a thousand kilometers away in Italy, obviously. There's no way Phoebe is just dropping this letter off. She's not just on the way to work and says, yeah, I can take that, Paul. Let me go drop it off. To travel to Rome would require a boat trip that took about a week in the best conditions. And that seemed pretty rare back then, as we saw Paul getting shipwrecked three different times in 2 Corinthians. So, 
So for Paul to be asking the Romans to welcome Phoebe indicates that she'd be the one likely traveling from her home in Sencrea to Rome to give them this letter. And that's why a lot of people um, have kind of confirmed this in their analysis, and there's not really a whole lot of reason to think otherwise. And so going off of that, um, I, I just think we have to stop and think that that's incredible. <laughs> this is a woman in the first century given the task of carrying a letter that was going to be the forerunner of Paul's ministry in Rome, a place that he desperately longed to get to. And so it was critical that this letter reached its destination and set the stage for the work he hoped to do there. And he gave that task to Phoebe. It would require traveling far away from her home, by boat, among men who probably weren't the most trustworthy, and potential for storms and shipwreck. shipwreck. She would be lucky to make it out with her life. Yet she did it. And we have the proof right here. I think that's pretty amazing. And when you think about her going to do this, you would have to ask, why? <laughs> if this is just a letter, if this is Paul just writing to the Romans and saying, hey, how's it going? What would compel her to bring that letter there? So she must have known something that um, not a whole lot of people did at the time. And so I want to look at her character and why she would take this letter in particular to the Romans. With only two verses spent on her in the Bible, there's not a whole lot we can know for certain about Phoebe. We can assume she was active in her local church. Paul calls her a servant of the church. We know that Paul cared that she would receive a warm welcome in Rome and that she'd be welcomed in a way worthy of the saints, so he held her obviously in very high regard. We also know that she was a patron of many, um, and to Paul as well. Some commentators believe that this indicated she was financially wealthy, that she supported the ministry of the church in Corinth or the church of St. Um, others believe that maybe she supported Paul directly, uh, financially, as well as in other ways. Um, but her personal wealth notwithstanding, we know she had a heart of service towards those who surrounded her. In addition to that, her decision to carry Paul's letter to the Romans speaks volumes about her character as well. And so I'd like to look at what I think are uh, four key character traits or markers um, of Phoebe that we might hope to emulate as servants in our church here in Alexandria. So the first character trait of Phoebe. Phoebe knew God's word. Why do I think that Phoebe knew God's word? I think we can be confident that Phoebe knew God's word and was able to recognize his word because why else would she bring this letter to Rome? With the persecution of Christians going on at the time, especially by Nero in Rome, where she was planning on going, she would risk her life to travel that far from home to just share a letter? It doesn't make sense. So this wasn't just any letter. She knew this was the inspired word of God, written down by his servant Paul and addressed to a people that needed to know him. When you look in the letter, Romans 2.9, there will be a tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. 3.10, none is righteous, no, not one. 
Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Then in verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 4.13, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8.11, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Phoebe took on this task of a letter carrier because she knew the gravity of the words she was carrying. Words that would lead some in Rome to eternal life. Words that would bring hope to those in need. Words that would proclaim a Savior whose death and resurrection would give life to their mortal bodies and give them peace with God. If you have never heard or believed this message about Jesus, I want to ask you to do so. Phoebe risked her life bringing this letter to people thousands of kilometers away that she didn't even know. And yet we can open our book right now and read that same letter. These are the words that proclaim a Savior, and it's God's gracious promise of hope for us if we believe as Phoebe did. And if you'd like to talk more about that, feel free to grab me afterwards or any of the members here. We'd love to share with you more. A second trait of Phoebe, Phoebe was trustworthy. So Paul longed to go to Rome. In chapter 15, Paul says that he had longed for many years to come to them. Paul wouldn't have given Phoebe this duty if he didn't think she could be trusted with it. Being trustworthy is vital in ministry. How many of you have been burned by someone who broke your trust? Someone at church, someone in, in a ministry group. We've all heard of big scandals where a church leader embezzles money or something like that. But what about when a friend, a fellow church member, fails you? When you asked if they could meet up for prayer and they forgot? When you were vulnerable with a friend who betrayed your trust by telling another your intimate secret? These hurt. They cause strife in congregations. They split churches. To serve in ministry is to be trustworthy. And Phoebe could be trusted. And so Paul gave her this precious mission. We need to emulate that same trustworthiness in our service here. And it is my prayer that we never have um, issues of broken trust cause divisions in our church. And it will happen, but... I pray that we can also forgive each other as well. The third trait of Phoebe, Phoebe put the needs of others ahead of her own. So Paul reveals that she was a patron of many and to him personally. And remember, Paul wasn't the best guy to be around if you cared about your own safety. His friends were stoned, harassed, jailed, and martyred. To hang with Paul was to put your life in jeopardy. Still, Phoebe drew near to Paul in ministry. I believe she drew near not because she just wanted to be close to the action, but I truly believe that the Holy Spirit was putting to death her desires to have a comfortable life where she could live just for herself. 
the power of the, gro- the excuse me the power of the cross grabbed her in such a way that she was willing to leave her home so that those a thousand kilometers away would be able to hear the gospel and have opportunity for new life. In putting their needs and Paul's needs ahead of her own, Phoebe will be remembered throughout eternity for her small role in ensuring the spread of the gospel. The fourth and final point about Phoebe. Phoebe had courage because she trusted God. I think this might be the most important point Paul believed that God wanted him to go to Rome to teach God's word to the Romans. In Acts 23, uh, we learn that God spoke directly to Paul by saying, um, or it says, the following night, the Lord stood by him, him being Paul, and said, take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. So this is why Paul wrote the letter to the Romans. He wanted to open that channel of ministry that God had promised years before. So Phoebe, believing that Paul was doing the work of the gospel and believing that God fulfills his promises, wanted in. It didn't matter that she might never return home. She wanted to be a part of the work that God would do in Rome, and her own safety came second. But this wasn't the courage of a thrill-seeker. This was the courage of a woman who trusted in the God who kept Paul's life despite many beatings and jailings, the God who said to Paul in Corinth, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you. She trusted that that same God would help her fulfill her mission in bringing Paul's letter to the Romans. When you know God's word and know your place in eternity through saving blood of Jesus Christ, you can have great courage. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Phoebe had that courage. I personally owe a lot to Phoebe for her faithfulness and fearlessness. In my first year in college, I was ready to do the same sort of thing I did in high school. Find the right crowd to hang out with, look for fun parties, things to do, go to church to make my parents happy because it was the right thing to do uh, but otherwise live for myself what I didn't expect to find when I got to college though were other 19 year olds reading their Bibles and praying and attending midweek Bible studies waking up at 6 a.m. just to worship God in song and prayer I was so impressed with their faithful devotion that I started to look at my faith and see the how weak it was, how wanting it was. So the next semester, I enrolled in a a Bible class on the book of Romans. (laughs) Uh, The class was taught by Dr. James Bidza, and we went through the text week by week, and commentaries by Hughes and Moo. 
and my desire to study God's word and really know him finally took root. It was no longer something I just believed, like the sky is blue and the Yankees are the best baseball team ever. It became more to me. God's word came alive to me. A day without spending time in his word was a day wasted. God had something to say to all humanity and to me personally, and he wrote it down so I could read it. Phoebe was faithful in delivering God's word over a thousand kilometers away to those who needed to hear it in Rome. Her courage and faithfulness has preserved for centuries one of the most thorough and articulate letters in describing both the human condition and our path to salvation. My prayer tonight is that we would look to emulate Phoebe in our church, emulate her courage, her trustworthiness, her knowing of God's word, and let God fulfill those promises to the ones he loves. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you have given us so much. We are so rich. We are so blessed. And yet through your servant, Phoebe, you have shown us that all of our comfort and blessings are for naught if we're not using them to glorify you. I pray that we would look at our lives and never take our comfort or safety as something to put above you. I pray that you would use this church to spread your gospel, to take it to the corners of the world, and that we would have that same heart of Phoebe as we go, knowing that our courage rests in you. Thank you for loving us despite our fear. And I pray that you would give us the help we need to continue to spread your mission and your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen.